Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow, coming to you early for once, <laughs> uh, for the first time in two weeks after the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Atlanta Hawks 130 to 122 at home, one of their few home losses of the season. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, did we talk? I, I feel like we haven't. Uh, we talked on Sunday West, night. Okay, the West Coast road trip really just yeah. – I don't have no concept of time anymore. I was about to no. say, hey, long time no talk, and you're right. We did talk the last game. Well, it feels like forever because we also yeah. had kind of a big a big newsy day. Um, yeah. we're, we're kind of – you know, the trade season stuff is heat, heating up, and so there's a lot – you know, we'll talk about this game a little bit, and then we'll talk about the news a little bit. Um, I've got to say so, – so the biggest news with this game is that we had the return – of Josh Green and the return of Dorian Finney-Smith. It was a welcome return because the Dallas Mavericks needed bodies. Um, and, you know, on top of that, there were three 20-plus point scores for the Mavericks with Luka and Dinwiddie and Christian Wood each scoring over 20. Um, this felt like, like if, if you're only looking at the offensive side of the ball, the Dallas Mavericks played a really good game. Um, a great game, in fact, on the offensive side of the ball. The, the problem is that they can't guard a chair collectively. No. Um, yeah, Atlanta shot 57% for the game, which is really, I mean, even with this offensive-focused NBA, that's like really, really crazy for a game. Um, they were 13 of 19 in the restricted area and they were 15 of 23 in the paint outside of the restricted area. So they creamed this team in the paint. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And that's not even talking about they hit 13 of 26 threes, which how many of those were because guys just get blown by and they have to help and they get wide open threes. The Hawks hit five of five from the right corner. I mean, that's, you know, they gave up. Mavericks gave up what nine corner threes. They're they're lucky. The Hawks only went one of four from the left corner. So uh, it could have actually been worse. As, as weird as that sounds, but um, our former colleague Iztok did his. You know, he kind of does his little pregame threads, going over kind of numbers and data for each team and kind of what to watch for. And he talked about how good the Hawks are for mid range and how much they like to shoot and score for mid range. When you have Trey Young and Jonte Murray. You know, that's kind of why. And the Hawks were okay for mid-range. They're 8 of 18, but um, the fact that they only took 18 mid-rangers, I don't know where that ranks, but the fact that they took more threes and they took more shots in the paint, I think goes to show that the Mavericks' defense was just so bad that the, even the Hawks were like, oh, okay, we don't. I don't need to pull up for an 18-footer because you're just letting me get all the way to the basket. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I, yeah, I mean... I have a just a, a penchant for being pissed after games like this, but this really felt like one where the problems that the Mavericks have were so obvious. And, you know, they, they turned the ball over a ton in the first quarter. A yep. ton. And I, I need to go look at look up points off of turnovers. But that that had me wondering because you know you figure the offense comes to life. You figure even some defensive stretches would come to life, which the Mavericks did. They they did play okay in stretches um and and i just had wondered if the, the turnovers were going to come back to bite them and and i really feel like they did at least in terms of opportunities down the stretch 
And, you know, Luca had some kind of really odd turn. Like he had seven turnovers tonight. The Hawks played fantastic defense on Luca. Um, and Luca played out the string a little too long with his attempts to read the doubles. And, you know, you have that. And, and there, I don't. I don't know what I would have seen differently, but it just, it sort of drives me nuts when I see four guys that are stationary as Luke is getting doubled. Like, that's just not how I was taught to play basketball. I know there's, there's things that I don't understand here, but it's like the elements of those things where I found a little bit frustrating, but it's not like a big, oh my God, this is yeah. so, it, like we did say, the, we did say on Sunday night, the Hawks and then the Heat are the kind of teams that the Dallas Mavericks need to beat if they consider themselves like, a top six team in the West. I understand the West is a mess, but a losing streak is what will put you in the back end of that group. Yeah, because everything's so jumbled up. Um, it was kind of a shame because that seven-game win streak, I thought they kind of separated themselves from kind of the weird muck that was the Clippers and the Jazz and the Timberwolves and the Warriors. But they're right back to being a game, a game. They're a game away from uh, the Warriors are a game back uh, of Dallas. So the Mavericks are a game away from seventh, um, and they're actually they're actually two games away from eleventh, which is like kind of scary. Like you know, remember earlier in the season it was like, oh well, they're four games back of first, and they're also four games back of 11. like. It's not like that anymore. Denver, like these teams are starting to separate. Denver, Memphis are starting to play like the contenders that we thought they were before the season started. New Orleans is probably going to go on a run whenever they get all their guys healthy. Sacramento's playing pretty well. Like they're just not going away. So losing streak here, the Mavericks are going to be right in that muck of all those disappointing. Like they're, they're kind of running out of, of time to kind of play around with this season uh, in terms of like their wins and losses. You know, we all thought that seven game win streak might've, given them the cushion and, and they, they've literally just given it all back. I mean, they were 15 and 16 before the win streak. Now they're, they're two games up. So they're not that many more losses away from being right back to where they were, which feels almost unfathomable. But um, speaking of this game, particularly, yeah, like Luca had some really bizarre turnovers against Cause he's usually so good against double teams. Like that's actually been, like I know that's been kind of popular to do against the Mavericks lately because teams are just not scared of his teammates, but like Luca killed, like, I mean, he's done it for like the last three years. He just absolutely murders double teams. So it was weird that he was, wasn't as sharp uh, this time. Um, but yeah, offensively, I mean, what are you even going to complain about overall? Like they didn't lose no. on offensive end. Right. Like Reggie looked good. Um, yeah. Like, like, we may need to have like a you know someone on the site probably needs to to write a Reggie article because granted this is like a total outlier thing at this point because the the eight out of ten the other night but in the month of January I'm pretty sure he's shooting let me go see if this is updated already because it should because all this stuff is formulaic I mean he's shooting forty one percent from three for the month of January you know after shooting thirty seven and a half in um december uh, you know it's he straight was double real, digit games first yeah. time all season <laughs> yeah i mean he's shooting more which yep. was the the thing we've discussed uh time and again which is nice but right. again he's shooting more with tim hardaway out like these <laughs> things are connected like i i just i think they have to move off of one at some point but you know it's nice to see dorian back i just every time he shoots above the break it cripples my soul um, he had a really game. bad corner miss. Just yeah, like his shooting's been pretty whack all season. Also, his defense is garbage. He needs like he just he needs to defend better. 
Like I get he's just now back, but this so it's you know, and the Hawks are a tough cover, but he, his defense has been bad. And and him and Reggie's defense being bad is problematic for what the Mavericks are built to do. You know, kid kid understandably takes some heat for this stuff, but you know, he's he was pretty pissed tonight in post game because yep. Tim McMahon asked how they can play better defense. And he basically said, with this personnel, we just have to play better. <laughs> and that stuff always cracks me up because I, I tend to agree. You know, if this is the team they built, if these are the guys they brought to the dance, they need to figure that sort of stuff out. And and Reggie and Dorian have just been bad. Yeah, and I I kind of felt the kid, because kid is pretty – you know, I know we sometimes give him grief over what he says in post game about like, you know, when it feels like he doesn't, when he talks about like giving guys minutes when like, as if he's not the head coach, like that stuff I know drives you crazy. And some of the passive aggressive comments, like when he made toward wood that drove us crazy. But in terms of like calling people, like, you know, using the media as, as a motivational tool, he's pretty tactical about that. Like Rick was always say what you will about Rick, but Rick was always willing to fall on the sword all the time. Like, I mean, he really called people out. And I think that was something of a a refreshing thing with kid. Um, You know, if we had this compared to the crawler was, he would actually kind of vent some frustrations every now and then, because sometimes you need to, you know, push on the team a little bit. And it felt like this was coming because he's been pretty, you know, we both know he's a defensive guy. Like he cares about the the defensive side of the ball more than anything else. Their defense has been awful for a month. He hasn't said anything about it because I think he's been willing to be patient with the injuries. So you just knew like Green and Dorian coming back and the defense still looking as awful as it's looked for the last month. Uh, it kind of, You kind of felt it coming. Like I wasn't surprised that kid was pretty pissed off about the post game because the excuses are starting to run out. Like, yeah, Maxie's still not here and he's very important, but, you know, at, at well, a certain point, you, you just – it's got to be better than this. Like, it's just, it's so bad. Like it's, they got it. Like, even if they were like five or 10% better, the defense still wouldn't be considered good, but, but they would at least be able to win some of these games where they're still scoring like 115 to 120 points per game, you know? Well, and I mean, it's an interesting day around the Metroplex (laughs) because this, you know, let's just, let's just sort of segue out of this game. This game was lost. I'm frustrated with it, but not so much as to where I think there's anything to do. The Hawks, Murray played a great game. There's, there's things Mavericks can do better, but you know, I, I do want to add that I I did like Josh Green's game. I thought he was, um, I thought he was, uh, you know, he he did some interesting attack stuff that the Mavericks just haven't had. Um, And then thank goodness they got his rebounding back, man. Right. Right. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, and, and, and Christian Wood, like it looks like Spencer's realized he can attack off the dribble again. Thank God that that'll be a, a nice step. And then Christian Wood had, had another, you know, pretty good game. I really, this is me being petty. I need Christian Wood to have a good game against a team with good bigs in a win. It, it <laughs> simply hasn't happened. Like, you go through the box score and go be like, who's the defining big on the other team? Oh, it's the Lakers' ninth big man, Thomas Bryant, that they brought <laughs> off the bench. Like, I don't give a shit about Thomas Bryant. Like, John Collins and then Clint Capella are good measuring sticks. Now, he played a good game. So, that I'm being petty. I'm not being fair. It's just that's something I personally really want to see. Um, he, he, you know, he exuded a lot of toughness. He hurt his hand, kept playing. My wife, my wife pointed that out to me. She's like, he plays through some contact. I was like, that's a good point. I'm, I'm glad, 
glad she said that because I'm not exactly like an anti-wood guy. It's just everybody that really wants to give him the deal of the lifetime. I just I need to see some some effect uh, affectation of winning. Anyway, he only had two points in the fourth quarter. Let's to transition in and out of of this is like the last you know several <laughs> days. So so we didn't write about this over the weekend, but some guy in Deep Elm, an artist who does these. Um, murals which are like the previous ones have been they are not for me um as a person who makes things myself i'm loath to like get hypercritical but like i've seen his work and like the 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 porzingis one is the unicorn was one of the creepiest things (laughs) i mean it was interesting it wasn't bad it was weird and then he did this this mural you know of luca holding a sign saying you know like send help or something along those lines and it became this, like, we wrote it up because Doyle Raider, when he decides to work for us and actually work hard, does great work. Um, <laughs> Doyle, you won't hear this, but on the off chance it gets to you, keep writing. You're good at it. Please do it for us. Um, it became kind of a really big story. Like, it, it led the, yeah. the SB Nation, which is our parent blog company, it led the basketball blogs for two days in terms of web traffic. And it was all around the internet. Dallas Morning News had to pick it up. And then the guy basically said he got contacted by Luca, which ended up, of course, not being true. Luca's representative uh, reached out. One of Luca's representatives reached out to him and basically was like, come on. And then he painted over it and said they're going to do a collaboration soon. The artist kind of made an ass out of himself um, in pretty much every chance of opportunity he's gotten. But, you know, who, who, who am I to judge? I've done the same thing when, when we were talking with, with Cuban. Um, but it's prompted a lot of conversation, not necessarily the mural, but like the state of the team, because you're losing two games in a row. You don't have like, like the, the, the stats go like this. The, the Mavs are zero and six without Luca two and eight, unless he's, uh, where he scores under 30 points. Um, and, and that is now no, cause he scored exactly 30 tonight. So it doesn't count. That means in, in all other games, the Mavericks are 22 and eight for, for anyone doing the math. So most of the time when Luca plays well and they, 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 like they win, they win a significant, you know, 70% of their games. And so like the send help thing has seemed to really resonate as a talking point. I didn't hear this today, but a couple of people told me that like the ticket and Bob Sturm had a segment on this, uh, you know, Jeff Van Gundy on the national broadcast had some comments about how, you know, you can't play egalitarian, like, like even handed basketball because they don't have the horses and you know the talent and i don't know it's just it it feels like a lot of what we've been talking here (laughs) probably in much fucking ruder tones for three years everyone else is kind of going oh yeah (laughs) and you mean the stuff that gets us like blacklisted from doing like fun mav stuff in the public and no one likes us and no one shares right where we get like all kinds of everyone hates us yeah Right, and so now, now if everyone we, comes around we've been right this whole time the answer is yes for, for anybody <laughs> understanding um but then there was like this this and again i'm only probably know this i'm not letting josh talk i apologize but then there was that's fine like an espn article today from tim mcmahon about luca and trey really like well put together post but then around like word 900 there was <laughs> A, a, bomb. A, a bomb in there that you know <laughs> according to sources from you know lucas basically pushed them to make a trade or do something to improve the roster which we have to write about that as as sports content people we have to and you know but superstars pushing for for teams to improve the roster is news but it's not news if that makes sense like lebron james pushes for trades every day like the lakers people live with this you know trey trey young has been pushing for stuff like it's normal but 
of course, our owner in his infinite wisdom responded back and base and, and called Tim McMahon a liar is what he did. Um, and said that Tim's doesn't like, this is not true. Everybody works together. Luca and, and Nico talk every day, which I'm sure they do, but they don't talk about making the team better. That's not how this works. Like, like I'm sure, you know, I, I, and I wrote two posts on this today and it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be now after this loss, like the loss makes this very fun. Cause you know, you win a game, you can kind of punt it, but now the Mavericks are two games above 500 and you're staring at, you know, Miami heat, like just a challenging record. Cause the NBA is tough. And, and, you know, that seven game win streak is looking more fraudulent by the day. And I, I just, I find myself not disappointed because like, I, I, I want the Mavericks to be better. That's what we all want. We want the Mavericks to win games, but I am, I do find myself frustrated that in the face of player empowerment for the first time in, in his, in his ownership, Cuban responds back like that. And it's like, come on, man. Can we just not? Just once. It was a nice like confirmation, though, that McMahon's reporting was accurate. <laughs> oh, I mean, every no time inch. there's been a story that Cuban has denied, it's turned out to be accurate. It might as well be a fucking confirmation. Yeah. It's kind of nice that he does. He kind of takes the drama, stress <laughs> and drama. We don't have to question it. Like, I tip my hat to Mark Cuban for for, for not having us to, to wonder anymore. You know, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, he denied the, the Przingis trade. He does denied Tim Cato's... Uh, article about the front office turmoil and i mean he's on a, he's on a pretty good streak right now he's, he just wants to keep it up i guess well <laughs> and you know the thing about it is is it, it just shouldn't be a thing that like luca wants the mavericks to improve that's he's, wow <laughs> what a breaking news <laughs> i just i find myself really kind of guffawed that cuban responded that way because i wrote in the post about the news that this is difficult and I do not begrudge them. It's not like everyone is out. I don't think like where we have been very consistent for three plus years is we understand the team building is hard. Where you and I get personally offended is when people tell us our correct takes are wrong. <laughs> where we yeah. say things like JaVale McGee was bad. All the way, by, by the way, really glad JaVale McGee found the strength <laughs> to play three minutes tonight. And in those three minutes, he turned the ball over twice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Top key. <laughs> Top tier signing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I don't even know what to say. Um, it's just buckle up. We, we have three weeks till the trade deadline, by the way. So like, this isn't like, this is normal. We're going to be hearing this every day. <laughs> This yeah, sort of it's, stuff, and it's not going to end, like because trade, like it's not like they're going to make a trade tomorrow. Like these, like when you get this close to the deadline, like the trades don't happen till the deadline. Like just is how it works. So we're gonna we're gonna be hearing this stuff for three weeks, and I'm sure Cuban's going to be on a podcast and he's going to say something dumb again that's going to make people mad. And you know, we're going to go through this whole rigmarole, and then we'll see if they make a trade. Um, I don't really have any else to add about God, it other than I got to read you this kid quote. <laughs> is it about the, the, is it what person, about yes. the defense? Yeah. yeah. If it's with this personnel, then you've got to keep asking or demanding for those guys to play defense. It's not just the offensive end. It's a shoot around. In this league, if you do that, no matter if you have Luka or Kareem or LeBron, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter how many points you score, you're always going to be short. So until we put a better defensive effort into or a better effort into playing defense and understanding what we have to do, we're going to score 120, but we're going to give up 130, 140. One night we might give up 150, but we'll be fine because we scored, so it doesn't look too bad. I I 
I I like that quote. I was about to say that's got to be. <laughs> I like that quote. Yeah, that's the he, sort of stuff. Where it's just like like because the offensive stuff can take care of itself if you let it happen. It's the defensive things that all these guys got to take take a little more responsibility for. Yeah, and the defense is like the one thing that I don't know. He's oh, I think that's the one thing we've never like. Remember last year, he was like, I don't think this defense can play. I don't think this roster can play any defense. Like before they mm-hmm. had the turnaround, we were like. Wow, he's kind of like he, he sounds like us, and it's, yeah. it's just kind of nice. Yeah. Well, the defense is really like if if you want if you're tired of like because kid can definitely get into weird coach speak and doesn't say a lot, but like the defense is a pressure point for him. Like that's, I mean, him and Sweeney are like tied at the hip. With that like that's that's everything for him. That's his side of the ball that he cares about. So when the defense sucks, that's usually when you get the realist. Uh, Jason Kidd and last season after he called them out they turned it around so I mean let's see if that works again well the tricky part about that and this kind of transitions us into something that that will allow us to take us out is in the pregame Maxi Kleber basically said he's aiming for next week and <laughs> and I don't understand what that means I I have no understand like he had surgery on his hamstring and the the average like there's not a lot of data for this because this doesn't happen. But guys that a very have rare this injury, in, yeah, guys that have had this happen are out for an average of 150 days. So I feel like I'm missing something. And he had the surgery on December 20th, or mm-hmm. right, or that's when they announced it. So well, it's like also we both play fantasy football. Like when your wide receiver like tweaks a hamstring, they're not the same ever again for the rest of the regular <laughs> season. Like James Harden has never been the same since he hurt his hamstring. This and is a torn hamstring, not a yeah. This is a torn one, so I'm just like, well, I feel like I'm missing something. So yeah, I mean, it'd be great because Maxie's really important. I just don't see it. Yeah, Jeff Stotts of Injury Clothes, the injury expert. I, I I decided to pull up the post. He said when the injury happened, surgery. Chris Middleton happened in 2016. Granted, 2016 was seven years ago, which uh, seems like a typo. Um, he missed 141 days, so yeah, right around 140 to 150. So if you follow that, he wouldn't be back till May, which again, I mean, there's a chance the Mavericks are still playing in May. <laughs> like so, technically, maybe it's not the end of the season. But yeah, Maxi said it's, it's, within a week, January eighteenth, <laughs> and then he said before the trade deadline, which is February 9th, I think. So that's, I mean, maybe he's got Wolverine bones or the Wolverine <laughs> blood or something. I don't know, man. But that's <laughs> goes over to Germany and gets the blood thing that Kobe got way back in the day. Yeah, I guess anyway. technology has advanced a lot and since Middleton's got it. That's got right. That that's right. Well, that's probably about all we got. Um, yeah. Good times. Noodle salad. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking of, of what was that? As good as it gets. It's a very old movie that most of our listeners have probably never even seen. Um, yeah, I I'm looking forward to how, like like how the next few weeks go. It's going to be interesting. I, I any not like nothing would surprise me. The Mavericks going on a, like a tear and becoming like the <laughs> one or two seed. The Mavericks falling to eight and then clawing back their way into the plan and then defeating you know like the the Grizzlies or something in round one would also be on the agenda. I don't know. It's it's all nuts. Yep. Well, they play Miami on Friday. Uh, that's not the team you want to play to end a losing streak. That's right. I uh, don't know if anyone's been following. I mean, we're a Mavs podcast, but uh, Miami's getting healthy, and they are starting to kick some serious ass right now. So uh, that's right. Yeah, that's not going to be a fun. Uh, that'll be a that'll be a meat grinder of a game for sure. 
So we'll see what happens. Well, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with me. You also wrote the recap. Go to Mavs Moneyball. We had a lot of work published. I mean, some of it art, some of it not so much art, but it's all fun to read and talk about and think about because that's sports and what we're supposed to do. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk to you on Friday night. Everybody be good.